Welcome to Women and Worldviews podcast. I am your host, Dr. Katherine Lowe. I am a professor of religious studies and a chaplain at a small university in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. This is our first episode, taking place during Women's History Month. With me is a student in the Residential College for Women. She is a graduating senior and an international relations major. Her name is Milagro. Hi, Milagro. Hi. Women and Worldviews is a title that came out of our work together in an interfaith group on campus known as Quest. And we sponsored a panel with women who hold different religions and worldviews. They were Christian, pagan, Buddhist, Jewish, and agnostic. Milagro, you were there. Uh, The concept of that panel led me to create this podcast. That panel was definitely informative and very much fun. What is the meaning that you create for your life? Where did you grow up? And is the religion that you hold now the same religion that you had when you were a child? I grew up in Washington, D.C., and I grew up Catholic. My household was not that strict about religion. We believed in God, and we prayed every night. Uh, We also went to church for the holidays, but it was never really enforced. As I grew older, I think those few things that connected me with religion started to diminish. I still pray every night and believe in God, but it's not synonymous with the Catholic faith anymore or any other religion. Why did your religiosity diminish as you got older? I think since there was no reinforcement of the Catholic faith or any other religion growing up, as I started to get more involved in and out of school and other activities, those things that did connect me to religion became minor in comparison. How does your ethnicity impact your worldview then? I think one of the reasons why I still hold on to some aspects of the religion of my childhood is the duality that it has with my ethnicity. Uh, Being Latina growing up meant having an image of Jesus or the cross in the household, Uh, setting up the nativity scene at Christmas, having a rosary, participating in what we call Semana Santa or Holy Week, being baptized and going to baptisms of others who I know uh, didn't go to church every Sunday. Even the first time I went to El Salvador, I remember going to a church at least twice in a month's day. We went to church as a day trip in honor of a saint. So I think these aspects that I grew up with, thinking were part of my culture, were rather part of my religion. So I still hold on to those. So you said you went to El Salvador. Uh, is your family from El Salvador? Yeah. Okay, both parents? Yes. Okay. What have you done to stay connected to your cultural community while at college? I think deciding to major in international affairs was a big way that I subconsciously wanted to connect to my culture in El Salvador. I've learned so much more about the issues that Salvadorans face now and in the past, um, economically, socially, politically, and even religiously. Give me an example of what El Salvadorians are facing today. Well, for example, one of the reasons why immigrants from El Salvador are coming to the United States is because a lot of gang activity and gang violence is happening, and so that's one of the main reasons why people are coming here. So there are things about your worldview that are cultural and things that are religious. Mm -hmm. How do you distinguish between those two? I think seeing the diversity among Latinos and how they worship not only just in America but back in their own home countries made me realize that everyone is different and in being so they think, act, and worship differently. With that fluidity, I think I was able to recognize and understand other religions. Since I grew up believing that I could still believe in God and not go to church, I realized that others can still believe in God or and call it something else, and worship differently, and if they didn't have a religion, that was okay too. 
What is it about your religious convictions and ethnic identity that help you relate to the world, not just as an isolated individual, but as a global citizen? Latinos in general are a mixture of all cultures due to colonization. In our culture, we have different African, Asian, indigenous, and European influences, which are synonymous with how we practice the Roman Catholic religion. In some countries, there are more African mixtures than others, and this can also be seen with indigenous, Asian, and European influences that were once and are somehow still connected in our hemisphere. I recently heard the term for the very first time, Latin X. What does that word mean to you? Uh, from what I've gathered, it means um, it's a different alternative to the word Latino or Latina, this gender-neutral alternative to those who don't identify with the gender. Oh, okay. So speaking of gender, what challenges have you faced in your religion and in your worldview as a woman? I think there are still very old ways of thinking, religiously and socially. Uh, they were once synonymous with Catholicism in Latin America. In some communities, you can still see that. For example, the belief that you should still be a virgin when you get married, the divorce is still looked down upon, or that women are still here, only here to procreate. Uh, so growing up, I did struggle with hearing these things at home or in my community and trying to figure it out. Um, in my own context, especially as a teenager, it was really hard. But I do think uh, hearing and understanding and learning that these things were influenced by the patriarchy helped me learn more about what being a woman is to me. In doing so, I've taught my mother about the changing ways of what it means to be a, a woman. Since growing up, it seemed like she was still stuck in these ideals. So you think she's not stuck in traditional ideals as much anymore, and it was that because of your influence. If so, how have you influenced your mother, and what does being a woman mean to you, perhaps as opposed to how your mother thinks of womanhood. I think that now she's a lot more open-minded. Being a woman to me, first of all, means having control over my body, uh, my life choices, and all these other activities that men are allowed to do without limitations um, imposed to them by other men who have not been through the womanly experience. A way that I've taught my mother these things is by introducing her to books written by women about a womanly experience, especially if they're Latina writers. I also have showed her and talked to her about the different projects I have worked on throughout my academic career concerning abortion, marriage, children, um, and other things that have kind of turned into conversations that and lead to questions and lead her to be more open-minded. And I've also introduced her to my experiences with other religions through my work in, in Quest, and this also leads to some type of sympathy since she is a compassionate person. Mm -hmm. Are you a first-generation college student? Yes. How has getting a college education challenged your worldview? I think growing up in D.C., uh, I was raised around diverse racial groups. But um, coming to college, I was more exposed to uh, religious diversity rather than uh, racial diversity, which allowed me to question and understand other religions and diversity in general. But it also made me question whether I should still call myself a Catholic. I think seeing the beautiful aspects of all these other religions made me realize that believing in God and praying every, every night is actually not synonymous with uh, being Christian. And therefore, maybe I do believe in something else and have not explored it yet or do not know about it. You've been exposed to a lot of religious diversity while at college. That has been impactful, to say the least. Mm -hmm. 
And so has studying religion academically. Taking a religious studies class also uh, allowed me to understand better what being a Catholic meant. We learned about Dorothy Day and the Catholic worker movement. And Day is a woman who used the Catholic faith to um, help others. And I was captivated by the work she had done and what her legacy continues to do. And as someone who values volunteerism so much, I was intrigued by the way that her faith specifically helped her reach others. So it did make me question and think about the fact that maybe subconsciously I have picked up some values that are synonymous with the faith I grew up with. So you relate to some elements of Catholicism. How do you classify your relationship with Catholicism? As of right now, I think I consider myself just a theist. I believe in God, and I consider myself this because it's a choice I I know I've consciously chosen to believe in. But I do hope to explore other religions and how they contribute to my own philosophy and my own worldview and then decide. You're not concerned that exploring other religions will water down your own sense of who you are as a Catholic or that it already has? I don't think so. I think religions like cultures and societies are always changing. And as a first-generation Latina, I think I thankfully have the freedom to change the way that the Catholic faith looks to me and to others in my community. What do you plan on doing after graduation? I want to go into the human uh, development or human rights field and work in what we call the Northern Triangle, which is Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. Thanks, Milagro, for being here. No problem. I have the pleasure of working every day with a diverse group of women who consistently navigate multiple identities in constructing their worldviews. This podcast highlights some of those stories. The worldviews expressed here are the ones they construct for themselves. I look forward to hearing comments and questions from listeners. Thanks for joining us.